Hello, and welcome to Wyverns and Weirdos Fathomless, a D&D podcast set in the world of Pielo. I am your Dungeon Master, Darby. Joining me, as always, are Eddie, playing Tibble, Mitch, playing Neris, Jake, playing the Fishman, Joe, playing Alton, Laura, playing Rue, Emily, playing Cerise, and Zoe, playing Loren. Let's jump into it. We last left off the crew of the Polaris, spent the next day trying to work out the next steps for rescuing Janus. As it so happened, Janus was in fact on his way with others in tow as a part of the Sin Seekers who proceeded to make a strike against the Polaris and the still guesting members of the Red Phoenix. We pick back up in the middle of combat at the top of a new round. It is Fishman. So who's the person in Fishman's face? Aloysius. 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 I would like to try something stupid. Always encouraged. So, goal of Fishman's turn is to somehow equip a bedroll so that he cannot be seen from behind. Hopefully also still allowing him to perform an action. That's it. Just one action. That's it. Nothing else. How do you propose that this bedroll is obscuring you from behind? Cape style. Cape style. Yeah. But anchored to your head? I mean, it will very obviously be a, like, it's a bedroll. It doesn't have, it's not going to work as a shield. I don't want it to be a shield. Are you putting it up between yourself and Aloysius, or yourself and the combat behind you? Well, putting him up between him and others is what he's hoping to do. I mean, they'll still be able to see you. They'll still, like, it's not going to... You can have a bedroll in front of you. I don't think it's going to impact the combat at all. He's going to try it anyways. Okay. Can he please take an attack of opportunity up to Janus? And perform said task. You're going where? Sorry again. Um, he would like to go up to Janice. He would like to whip the bedroll over his back. Okay. Anything with your action? Yeah, he's going to try yet again to do protection from good and evil. Oh. And at the same time, at the same time, so it's not actually an improvised attack. It is a slap, like knock out of it. Protection from good and evil. Because yeah. again, he is well aware that this is not typical behaviour from Janus. Yeah. Roll me an unarmed strike. So that is a 17 to hit. That does hit. Okay, so the spell goes off. What are the effects of protection from good and evil? He's hoping this would, at the very least, aid 
or hopefully cure anything he's afflicted by. But essentially, um, they are protected against certain creatures, apparitions, celestials, elementals, fey, fiends, and undead. These creatures have disadvantage against the target. The target also can't be charmed, frightened, or possessed by them. If the target is already charmed, frightened, or possessed by such a creature, the target has advantage on any new saving throw against the relevant effect. And hopefully a wake-up slap will wake them up. And as he does it, he goes up to Janus and says, Fuck it. It slaps him across the face. (laughs) Wake up, Janus. This is not you. Janus, you are slapped across the face and... You have the spell protection from good and evil cast upon you. Janus gets slapped, just recoils from that slightly as he's still looming over Tibble, and then just turns. Fishman. Janus? Not much of a as... welcome, is it? As protection from good and evil shimmers over him, and he just okay. grins chartreusely at Fishman. Next in initiative is Cerise. It is indeed. Yeah, she's going to fling a good old Eldritch Blast at Big Red Toad Dude. The first one is 20. 20 will hit. The second is 28. So that's a total of nine points of damage. Noted. Next is Aloysius, who is currently slowed. He is going to turn around. And he might be slow, but he has a prone target right there by him. And he is going to make an attack against Ham at advantage. Because Ham is still prone. How could you? That is a total of 25. So, that is a total of 20 points of piercing damage to Ham. How is Ham faring? Ham is looking more than half hurt. <laughs> I, Eddie, the player, would like to just add a gentle reminder in pod on the record that Darby, I know where you live. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next is Silenon. Silenon is going to do something very similar. Can I get Nerith, Dishman, Tibble to each make me a wisdom saving throw? Do they need to be able to see me? I'm hidden behind a bedroll. <laughs> From the bird's eye view that Silenon has, they can see. It's over my head. Okay, that actually. Okay, I'll it. take it. No, I'll take that as a point. And he can cast it on the bedroll if he wants. Instead of Fishman, I'll get Alton to make the save. Tibble rolled a 13. Neris got a 17. <sighs> That's an 8. So, Neris, you saved. Tibble and Alton, you are affected by a wave of sloth. On a failed saving throw, your speed is halved, you can't use reactions, and you can only make one melee or ranged attack on your turn. Tibble, who is holding Janice's sword still, he kind of slumps over as this spell hits him. He's shifted Janice's swords so that it's kind of stabbed into the deck of the boat, and he's leaning on it, almost exhausted. Alton kind of staggers, like, sideways against the side of the entryway that he's in. And at the end of his turn, he's going to roll his save against the slow. So 21. The silent is no longer slowed. And it is Rue's turn. 
So Rue, having been knocked over in the previous turn by this chained behemoth, Rue is very alarmed and manages to scrabble back to stand with all the grace of like this elongated baby deer. Light behind his eyes dimming and brightening rapidly. And then they sort of say partially to themselves, referring to Tibble's previous order not to harm Janice. Oh, so that's Janice then. I had expected someone taller. And with long spidery movement, Rue extends their right arm, and they're still very close to Rort and these other Sin Seekers. They extend their right arm, the one with the blade currently protruding from it, and an arcane energy rockets both quickly and also gracefully, as magic sometimes can be, flying in between foe and under, chain and across the deck, until it manifests a dim, bright light of faintly crackling magical energy, a small shield manifesting in front of Tibble. And that's Shield of Faith, which temporarily adds plus two AC to Tibble's AC while Rue is concentrating. So that's Shield of Faith. And then once they've cast this magic, they then turn that same hand into a fist. And with a long step forward, move to drive their blade towards the hulking figure bearing chains that had just tripped them up. Um, cool. Awesome. That will hit because it's a natural 19. So that's uh, nine points of damage. Awesome. So 1d6 radiant, that is six points of radiant damage. And then our second attack, I will roll to hit. That's only a 15. 15 still hits. Cool, that's four points of slashing damage and three points of radiant damage. Leave, it's not safe here. Leave this ship. Speaking of that sound, hams go. Oh, yeah. So Ham, with his little stubby legs, like a little turtle, it tries to flip himself over, which I assume he can do with half yeah. movement, and then turns around and looks to see who injured him, looks up and sees this tall, handsome man, which is Elvicious, and sees dinner, and so Ham is going to maul. So that's a dirty 20 to hit, uh, so 11 points of piercing damage. So he just kind of snaps at him like a snapping turtle. All right, Zardost's go. Zardos is also self-slowed. You see some of the wounds on Zardos slowly start to patch themselves up. And he's going to make one claw attack against the downed Loren. So that's going to be with advantage. That is a total of 19. Good news is, it's not a lot of damage. Bad news is, I am going to need a constitution saving throw from you. And you take six points of piercing damage. How's a smooth seven? Okay, that is noted. That is Zardost's turn, which means he gets to save. Gets a natural 20. And we move on to Janice's turn. Okay, so Janice had turned to regard Fishman. He then slightly tilts his head up for a second to regard as Silent on Castle is magic. And then looks back to Tibble. And Janice's toothy grin that was previously directed at Fishman widens and elongates as his bones crack and reshape and his skin shifts tone. And his wings arch up as he will increase in size and in bulk as he turns into his shark hybrid form. Long fins sprout out of his armor, which has been modified for this, and a long tail, and his fingers elongate, and he looms over Tibble. I'm afraid the fates have, are not shining down favorably on any of the crew today, Captain. 
and he is going to delay his turn and I will give Darby the trigger for what he will do. Tibble, from where he's slumped over, leaning on this sword that is taller than himself, he kind of looks up a little pitiful at Janice and just whispers, Janice, please. Please what? You beg now? Janice. And he just grins down at him, completely unhuman. And Fishman would see Tibble's eyes begin to well up with tears as he starts to realise that something is very wrong. Next is Alton. Yes, um, so Alton would have been trying to observe everyone the combat, keep an eye on who's doing well, who's doing poorly, before he gets hit by this slowing effect, this wave of debilitating fatigue, and he kind of just like stumbles for a moment, then kind of scoffs and is like, wow, great, feel like a teenager again. Then I guess he probably turns back to I'm looking at Nurse, who's taken quite a hit of necrotic damage, and then, uh, do I heal or do I fight? Yeah, and he'll just say, uh, not a lot I can do in short notice. That's necrotic, but um, right, let's see. Let's see if I can help. And he's going to pretty much just get him <laughs> medieval electrolyte mix. <laughs> like get him some liquids. Okay. Just like get things from his pack and be like, all right, take this, take this. Briefly look at some of his more, um, some of his medicines that might, like, affect Neris's psyche a little bit. Like, maybe not for mid-combat, and I'll get him healed a bit. 16 points of healing for Neris. If he can, he'll try to position himself more so that he's got more cover from people, like, behind the mast, if possible. But I think he's already in a pretty good position. All right, Loren, it is your go. Yes, so I am prone at the feet of a big fucker and she's just been clawed and again it's that thing as her not the right red blood pools on the deck of the Polaris as it has at least once before. She is more concerned with her clothes covering her skin than she is about the wound itself. We now all know a little bit of why. Storm Sorcerers can do a thing where, as a bonus action, as long as they are casting a spell above first level, they can fly 10 yes. feet in the air without evoking an attack of opportunity. Darby, would I be able to use that to get up without using half my movement? I will double check this for future, but for this turn, because it seems to be ambiguous, I will allow it for now. Beautiful. So again, that thing superheroes do in like martial arts movies or like action movies where they like rock back and jump up onto their feet, but it's like the air around her moves magically and pushes her back up. And as she kind of hovers a little in the air for a moment, she looks at this big red toad and just gives him the double bird and then books it up the stairs towards the Janus gang along the way, making direct eye contact with Neris. And she just grins. And she runs up. I would like to get um, behind Tibble. She's said a lot of things about Tibble lately. She doesn't want him harmed. All five foot two of her looks up at the over seven foot of Janice, who has attempted to rip off her arm before. And she smiles. Stormbreaker. I feel like you're out here thinking you've only got two options. I don't see any point going back to this crew, considering what you've told me. And I don't see any point spending time with a bunch of posers. And she points up at Silenon, very quietly gives him the little up yours. You can make your own choice here. 
And we have a ship not far away. Besides, and then she flips her staff around. She's had it kind of triton end up for a while. She flips it, points it orb ways towards the little wizard dude who's down on the other side of ham, fucking shit up. And I would like to hit that bastard with id insinuation. That is a wisdom save, 17. He's a wizard. It's probably going to work for him, but please. I rolled a 19 on the dice, which is 24 total. Okay. Theros is going to silvery bulbs. Okay, so I have to re-roll, take the lower. That gets down to a 17, exactly. Nervous! So what's your save DC? 17. So that still succeeds. Fuck. Thank you for trying. Um, that advantage goes on to Neris from Silvery Pups. Yeah, no, you th- that's fair. You need it. So she points her staff at this guy and nothing happens to him, but Janice would see the blue orb, the same color as her eyes, turns black for a moment. Just this void of darkness, these vague murmuring screams coming from it. And as Janice maybe looks back at Loren, would see her eyes the same color, pitch black, no white. And then that dissipates as the spell doesn't take. You'd fit in way better on our ship, bud. Just look at ya. <laughs> Perhaps I might, but you, the third option. I'd have to talk to my wife about that, but while her interests are her own, you're not my type Stormbringer. Fly on home. And leave you without a storm to break. Come now. We know I what just- we are kind of like tosses his head a bit and then just like turns away from her and back towards Tibble. Okay. It is now Neris's go. Neris on coming up onto the deck has realized that there's a lot happening. A lot of this is revolving around the Sinsi because he wasn't here when they all arrived. And when Neris arrived on the deck as well, Janice was already essentially above and behind him. He knew Janice was involved but not that he was here exactly. But on hearing Janice call down to some of the crew of the Sin Seekers, Neris kind of starts a little bit. And as he finishes casting slow on everyone except for Janice, he sort of stops and turns to look up to where he is. And Neris is going to sort of very carefully, nervously, and slightly painfully and make his way up the stairs. I think as Neris goes, Alshon would just, like, hand out for a second, like, don't go throwing yourself into danger, right? Use your... And he does, like, a wavy hand, like, magic gesture. Um, Neris is going to... As he gets to pretty much the top of the stairs, he's going to very nervously kind of go into that, that half jog as he kind of circles around. Doesn't make eye contact with anyone else on board. Maybe a, a fleeting look at Loren because there was that eye contact and the grin of I'm up to no good, which he doesn't like. Neris is going to look at Janice. Janice. He does turn to look with some start. You, um... <clears throat> you obviously don't have much time. Um, I need to tell you when you were taken, I felt your betrayal. It was deserved. We have a duty of care and we failed you. There is so much that we all want to do, but have not. 
I'm sorry that we couldn't, didn't do more. But now that you're here, we have a chance, maybe, however small, to get you back to your family. A chance. He is very singularly focused in response to this for a moment. It's almost like he's frozen for a bit. He's still poised towards Tibble, but he does listen as thunder flashes in the background. I think we'll call that Nurse's turn. And it is Zam's turn. Yeah, Zam's going to do something pretty fun here. He is going to take the risk of a gravity wave. So that is going to be everyone except for the Reese and Rue who need to make a strength saving throw. Does it have to be strength? Yes, it does. Does it have to be? Hey, guys. Could it not be strength? Could, could it be a maybe constitution? Maybe, or like dexterity? Oh, no. No, it's strength. Jibble's a strong character. <laughs> I thought... And yet... Because I'm a fighter, I get proficiency in strength saving throws, because otherwise I would have gotten a zero. I so, rolled a one. So, Alton rolled a one. Tibble? Tibble rolled a 14, uh, which is low for him because he has a plus sevens. Okay, uh, Janice? 18. That is a success. Fishman? 18. Uh, Tibble, your 14 is a success. Loren? Um, I remembered that uh, she can actually expend a sorcery point <laughs> to re-roll a save she failed. So instead of a 15, that's now a 19. <laughs> uh, Neris? With advantage, 12. That is a failure. Uh, also, Ham. Ham is a 16. Aloysius and Silenon both need to make strength saves. Silenon, handy success. Aloysius, not so much. So this is basically a point of gravity right on the railing, and everyone feels themselves being drawn towards it. If you succeeded, and that's a 14 or higher, you manage to keep yourself firmly rooted in place and fight against the pull. If you failed, you are pulled towards the railing and take full damage. Those who succeeded still take half damage. The total damage is 39 force damage. Belson is like buffeted along like a paper bag. He's just lost into the breeze. Neris, how are you? So I have a quick question. Yeah? Because Neris is further away from the gravity point, do I take more damage because I fall further? No, because the damage is all part of the spell. Perfect. Neris is good, baby. <laughs> if anyone so happens to land on Fishman, he's got a bed on his back. <laughs> Might be soft. While Chibble is in this fugue, exhausted state, clearly both physically and emotionally wrecked, as the gravity pulls towards him, you see the sword of Janice just lean slightly towards the gravity well, but be the only thing that's keeping Tibble standing upright. Next, after that devastating turn, is Tibble's go, which actually triggers Janice's held action. Oh, okay. So interestingly, Janice has been primed. You can almost see the wired hulking energy that he's storing within. Janice is always very big in all of his movements. He's very reckless. He's also very poised. In these past six seconds, especially the most immediate ones, 
he has just... His attention has been completely pulled, especially when Nerys called out to him, I guess, and then just got yoinked away. He looks down at himself for a moment, and it's almost like he's been planning what to do for a long time, longer than this current combat and these seconds that are going by. And in that moment, Shannis moves to, like, rear back towards Tibble. As he does this, there's this very quick look that passes over Tibble's eyes. And Janice, you would recognise it as one of deep care and acceptance. And he bows his head. Janice bears his teeth, then just shakes his head again for a moment. And he looks like he was about to chomp Tibble. And instead, Janice is going to grab Tibble. If I can, I'd like to grab him and throw him i think that would count as your two attacks so with the first one is an athletics check kibble had fully accepted whatever fate was about to befall him so you would succeed on that check cool that is a 24 so he grabs tibble if anyone who's watching would see janice swooping as if he's about to basically bite Tibble's arm that's holding his glaive and rip it off. And instead he, at the last second, manoeuvres it, grabs Tibble and just throws him away from him back towards the centre of the deck. Uh, I think this would be an improvised weapon attack. (laughs) Like a ranged attack. Although you're not aiming at anything, so maybe it's just an athletics to see how far you can throw him. That's a 23. (laughs) He is picking him up and throwing him away from Janice at whatever the cost. He's trying to get Tibble distance away from himself. I don't think he says anything. He just throws him and then just doesn't slump, but kind of tilts his head down slightly. Tibble goes there in between Zardos and Roth and prone for good measure because you've just been thrown Tibble as strong and at times not necessarily imposing given his short stature but he always has given that air of like a strong and capable captain and you see him thrown like a rag doll across the ship and he bounces and gids and slumps onto the deck in front of Rod. And Tibble, if any of you could see his expression, looks a little bit bewildered and surprised. Oh shit, it's Tibble's go, isn't yeah. it? I think Tibble, he seeks out Janice. Is Janice looking down to Tibble or is Janice avoiding looking at Tibble? Once you've answered that, Janice, can I get you to roll me a 5d6? bludgeoning damage for the fall maybe do that first tibble might not be conscious yeah true we'll do that 16 was that 5d6 yes yep 16 points of damage was janice looking at tibble or avoiding looking at tibble he's both looking in that direction but he you can't see whether he's like looking directly at you from this point okay he looks up to where janice was And he can't quite, in both his haze and the distance, he can't quite make out whether Janice is looking at him. But something in Tibble's eyes clicks like an assurance. And he pulls himself up using his half speed 
and using his starseer cutlass, he's going to... Where is Cylonon in relation to Tibor right now? Cylonon is up on Crow's Nest, so quite a ways up. How far in feet? Probably about 40-ish. Tibble turns his gaze from Janus up to Cylonon, and he pulls out his Starseer Cutlass and doesn't say a word, but he points up to Cylonon, the marked, and he casts Guiding Bolt. So, just as a flavour thing, I'm going to say these things happen simultaneously, um, but from a mechanical perspective, he is going to subsequently use his legendary action to shoot a fire ray at you. Do need you to roll me an attack with it? Well, that's a 23 to hit. So, at the same time, he sends down a beam of fire at you, and your radiant beam, this guiding bolt, consumes this ray of fire as he misses, but you hit him. I'm not even joking. I rolled three sixes in a row and then a five. Oh, wow. Okay, so that is 23 points of radiant damage. And that's all Tibble does, but he does, he looks exhausted and he slumps Mm. sort of forward once he's done that. And that's all he does. Uh, Next is Rort, who is going to his one attack against Rue. So Rue... I assume a 14 doesn't hit you as he tries it to go. Does it does not hit. Okay. So that is his turn. Um, and as a sidebar, Rue is looking more and more stressed as well as they're sort of shaking. Um, but they're trying very hard to focus on this little shield that's rapidly trying to follow Tibble. <laughs> but they still manage to step out of the way. More nimble than the chain somehow. Uh, next is Fishman. Um, all right, cool. Can he please? He's already within five feet but can he please get his face as close to Janice as possible? And he will stare him dead in the eyes and say, You are someone who makes memories and who shares them with fashion. Remember this moment well of the Polaris Slaughter, who did not raise arms against you. I hope it is fun to share as the other tales you tell of, something I will surely miss. As he'll then turn his back and take a pot shot at the man in the mast, please. Does a 10 hit? Does not. Excellent. Second attack. That's even worse. It's a 9. And that's it. He does two pot shots and they fly either side, I guess. I guess he put his energy in the moment prior. Uh, Cerise. So, Cerise is standing up on the crow's nest just watching... Whatever the hell is going on down below, she gonna pinpoint the wizard and she's gonna be like, you know what? Fuck you specifically. And is going to little flourish and cast chromatic orb okay. at the wizard. Say a uh, nat 20 sound. That is nice and tasty. That, that definitely hits. That makes it a 26. Yeah. So that's. 15 on the dice, so that's 39 all up. And after she's sent it off, she just sort of leans on the edge of the uh, mask and just says, Well, fuck you too. Next is Aloysius. You know what? He's right there. He's prone. Neris, how would you feel about getting stabbed? I mean, it's not ideal. Oh, can you, can you double check your concentration on the slowed? 
Oh, I... It, that it's gone. gone. So, three attacks, all at advantage, as you are prone. That is a pair of twos. So that is a nine on the first. Just. Uh, a 26 on the second. Hits. And a 25 on the third. Hits. So you take a grand total of... Just, what's the first damage first? Uh, 28. Okay, Neris is down, and then immediately takes two death saving throws. Actually, no, because of orders, he wouldn't have attacked you the third third time then. But you don't have those saving throws. For reasons. Uh, so, we've just gone off at that point. Uh, and done his third attack against Loren. I'm just standing here looking beautiful. I don't know yeah. what I've done to you. You're the closest combatant. So that is a 15. Of course. Uh, this could actually end quite poorly for me. That's only six. Then it is Silenon's turn. Silenon is going to fly down Tibble. And from there, he's going to spear him. That's only a two on the dice, so a nine. Uh, the second spear is that's much better that's a uh, 26 He's yeah that hit that is a total of seven damage between piercing and fire rue it is your go all right again rue is just sort of like rapidly trying to kind of catch up with everything that's happening and uh looking between Tibble and between Neres and between the rest of the crew and oh Neres has passed out actually isn't he yeah yeah okay um hang on <laughs> sorry <laughs> I just forgot and I'm near Tibble aren't I as well so now yeah. i'm trying to catch up with actually yeah. what's actually happening there's a lot going on right now there's, there's a wall of sin seekers between you oh uh, okay so i can't get to tibble oh um so rue calls out captain you should run i will be there soon your crew has your back and then um rue is going to instead turn around and immediately with their, their long spindly fingers they're going to kind of like crouch over Neros which looks terrifying because they're a seven foot tall long spindly thing and with both of their hands they're going to just like like electroshock type things in emergency and they're going to pump in all of their Leon hands into him as basically some of the energy that is shining very brightly through Rue's eyes transfers directly through their hands into Neros which Loren is the only one who knows the significance of that. So you get, let's say, 30 points of healing. For reference, Zardost and Rort both tried to take attacks of opportunity against you as you ran away. They both missed. <laughs> Rip to them, I guess. For my bonus action, I guess. Yeah, no. For my bonus action, I'm going to misty step back across to the other side where Tibble is. Okay, and then Bruce, same protective stance. It's probably not over Tibble, but it's near Tibble. At the end of your turn, Silenon is going to use a legendary action to use a fire ray on Tibble. That is a 24 to hit. I think that maybe that definitely hits. That is some near max damage, too. Uh, not quite as incredible as your... <laughs> guiding bolt but a six a four and a four so 14 points of fire damage so Tibble, he looks up at silent on 
And as that first sort of attack that Cylonon does, you know, we're talking bullet time, we're in the six seconds, Cylonon hits him and Tibble looks back at him with a bloodied grin and he says in a cheerful voice, He'll always be part of the crew of the Polaris, no matter where you take him. And then as the fire, how he damaged him this time, uh, Tibble's unconscious, is my point here. The, yeah. Tibble collapses down to the ground. He is down. All right. Next is Zardos is going to simply make three attacks against Rue. Um, two, uh, one bite, two claws. Uh, the bite is 18 and two claws. The lower is a 17, the higher is a 25. So that's one hit, one miss, I believe. Bite does eight points of piercing damage. The claw does eight as well. All right, no problems. And I'll just slide in. Ham is going to try and nom Battlicious again. Did Ham take the damage from the gravity before? Oh my god, you're right. I think Ham saved, but that's still 19 points of damage. No! Ham's <laughs> unconscious! Darby, how could you? Your wow. captain's orders are to save Ham. I will hold it against each and every one of you if you try to save Tibble first. Ham rolls a death saving throw. I'll send you what the result of that one was, Darby. Well, oh, next is Janus. The crew are in a weakened state for the most part. Like, Alton and Lorena are in a bad way. Neris is only in a good way because of the help of the weird robot. Uh, the robot, hard to tell, it's a robot. Uh, Fishman and Cerise seem fine. Cylonon is fine. He's seen better days, but he's fine. Uh, what is his expression? Is he paying attention to Janus? Uh, not really, no. Zam, Zam and Aloysius are shaky. But other than that, the rest of the Sin Seekers are in reasonable health. Okay. <sighs> well, that's not good news then. Um... So, where is Janice's weapon? Is that with Tibble currently? I can't... It, it clattered to the deck when Tibble was lifted up and thrown. Okay. So Janice probably is still just looking shocked, and I think sort of after this has happened, and he's again still thinking about some words that were said to him, I kind of feel like there's the more like cracking and shifting of bone and he reverts back to his Azamar form and he kind of just slowly pads along to where his glaive is and he is going to look over because he's like up on above the deck I believe got pulled um, but he got pulled into the banister and is still oh, okay. up in that area. That makes area. sense. Oh, yeah. right. Everyone else saved. Dennis just looks back at Neros with his human eyes and he foregoes his turn. Okay. Alton, your go. Is Tibble within six feet of me by any chance? Uh, 
Six feet or sixty? Six. Six? No. He is about thirty feet from you, and he's surrounded by sin seekers. Um. Yeah. So Alton was pretty much like tumbled over here before, and he's just seen Neris. I mean, I probably heard Neris cry out in pain. He's seen um, Tibble getting knocked unconscious, and this is. He, this is his fucking job to keep people conscious and he is failing at this and uh, he's still slowed he's feeling horrible so he's going to take half of his movement so he's going to take 6.5 of his 15 feet to stand he's just going to yell out to the crew be like crew get on deck where the fuck is Seer Seer we need healing Rue we need healing now the captain's down and um i guess yeah he can, he's gonna make his way to um towards tibble i suppose five feet forwards because of the way things are outlined you are right by ham but beyond that like that's about as far as you can get yeah that's fair because even if you want to dash that's not going to get you very far do you wish to heal Ham at all, seeing as you're there, or...? I guess, yeah, Ham would be a boon to have on our side, I guess. He has veterinary experience, sure, okay. <laughs> <laughs> he's, like, looking rather desperately towards Tibble, and then he's just gonna see Ham, and then just grab something from his bag and inject it into Ham. Okay. That's, um, I'll see what I roll to heal. What level is Ham, actually? Who? Yeah, I think he's, I think he's a challenge rating two creature. Yeah, that affects how much healing I can give him. So is that six plus two plus four? Uh, 12 points of healing. I rolled max. Okay. So Ham is back to consciousness. All right. Uh, next is Loren. Oh, fuck. Okay. Um... (laughs) I had so many plans, and so much has happened, and for everyone at home who can do maths, Loren's not doing too great. No, not at all. Dabby? Hmm? Can I make a save of some kind against what may be about to happen? Let's call this a... I think wisdom is probably appropriate. We'll set the DC at a 15. Oh. A 14. 14. Uh, Because she nearly saved. And this is not her moment, narratively. She looks at Janice. And she's watching him experience all of this as this guy comes up to her. And just fucks her up. And as Aloysius brings this knife down across Loren. Uh, where would he have stabbed her? Probably would have gone for the, the like side of the torso. Probably right side. As his knife cuts through her right side, the fabric just falls, revealing through the pools of blood her scaled skin. She looks down at this as she is so close to passing out. 
and she is trying so hard. And she looks at Aloysius, realizing Janice is not going to be persuaded the way she wants. And she looks at him and she says, at Aloysius, So you brought the Stormbreaker. <laughs> Do you want to know why they call me the Stormbringer? You bastard. As the magic flows within her, and mechanically, I am using two sorcery points to use Alter Self as a bonus action. Flavor-wise, her eyes turn black as her thinned ears grow too large for her headband to contain, and it falls away as the nails on her hands extend and become claws, as the back of her already ripped garments are shredded as spines pop from her back along the path of wings down her shoulder blades and arms. And she looks at this creature, at this man, and speaks with a hundred screaming voices that are not terrible to hear. They are a harmony. And she says, You should have feared me this whole time. And I would like to use my now natural weapons to try and rip out his throat. Okay. Uh, roll to hit. Can I get advantage of being intimidating? Uh, sure. Yay! 22. 22. Yeah, that handily hits. Okay. Her claws sink into Aloysius's neck. It's not a lot of damage, but it's tasty. She does six points of damage, which is max. Yeah, so she just digs into his neck. And uh, I guess that's her turn. <laughs> okay, Neris, it's your turn. Just brought back from unconsciousness. So, <clears throat> Neris got thrown against this banister, and then a couple of knives got planted, one near him and the other sort of into Neris's stomach. And then Nurse kind of closed his eyes for a moment, and it was silent. And then he came to, and aside from a momentary bit of fear of a giant metal spider hovering over the top of him that then vanished into mist, Nurse has felt that silence before, but only in memories and thoughts of what could be never what actually is and now that he has experienced that that he was driven before with his lust for knowing the future this has now terrified him and he's going to look at this individual who has done this to him and attempt to not getting up or anything. I imagine Neris is sort of on his back and he tries to push himself away with one hand as the other starts to slowly create a circle and is going to try and create a, uh, a little magic portal under Aloysius's feet. There is a wisdom saving throw in this. He is probably going to fail this. 
That is a 12. The portal opens up under Aloysius's feet, and maybe Janice, but probably definitely Loren, would see through that portal is just blue, and almost this immense pressure is coming from it as Aloysius is teleported 90 feet straight down. Okay, so what spell are you using there? I'm using Vortex Warp and just getting rid of him. Yeah, okay. And I'm not sure how fast this ship is moving, but I think five miles an hour is a decent number of feet per turn. So that's Naris's action. Right. Uh, okay, Sam, go. Uh, and he's gonna start reading something. Um, then we get to Tibble's go. Tibble, can you roll me a death saving throw, please? I most certainly am. Um, but for those of you playing at home, as well as those of you who are playing along with me, only Darby gets to know what Tibble's rolls will be. For his sake. Interesting. That's Tibble's go. Okay. Alright. Rort is gonna turn around and is simply gonna chain smash Tibble. So I still technically need to see if I hit. Um, but if it hits... It's an auto-crit and an automatic two failed death saves. Um, is Shield of Faith still up? Uh, I believe it is. I don't think Rue's taken a significant enough amount of damage. Oh, I don't think they have. Um, so there's a very weak-looking little magical field that's trying to trying its best. And, yeah, it hits in. So that's two failed death saves. So Rort raises up his arm and slams down the chain that just crush into Tibble's tiny little ribcage. And when that happens, you hear a, a crunch sound that seems to reverberate throughout the silence of the ship. And as that happens, the piece of paper that Zam is reading from crumbles to dust, and the Sin Seekers aboard the ship teleport off elsewhere. Now, I want to ask a question of one of you. Janice, are you taken off by that teleport? I have a choice. You have a choice. You can. It's it's willing targets. He is left behind. He is left behind. And we will deal with the aftermath of all of this next time. <laughs> oh no! All right, I'm just gonna go and shave my head with all the stress. Right? <laughs> 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 Hope you enjoyed this episode, guys. Thank you, you so much week, for supporting us, time, and we'll see you next week. Please tweet us your thoughts. Yes, have a good week. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. <laughs>
this is so stressful. <laughs> I'm going to burst into tears. <laughs>